I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Ali, good morning to you, sir. Good morning to you as well, Dwayne. I know we're a little delayed because we had some um, technical difficulties, which is a pain in the butt. Yeah, and I don't know if this is actually showing up on Facebook, but it's being recorded. I'll throw it back up there. Um, I know it's going on uh, uh, YouTube, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, I have it on um, Facebook. I don't see it technically on there as of this moment, yeah. although it's- I had a little thing that came up and said I didn't have permission to uh, to do it, so- when I got hacked on Facebook or whatever, and then I just, you know, fixed everything in this, uh, I don't know what, 20 minute time span since we yeah. should have been on, I had to fix it. So uh, I'll still have to go in and get myself permission to post on our own wall, which is kind of goofy, but whatever. Yeah. Isn't it weird? I know that we are, it looks to be live right now on YouTube though. So that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. And then I'll just take the video and pop it in there. That won't be a big deal. So today we've got uh, Mr. Lance Trippett, uh, he has been, uh, well, he's from Academy Kings. And Lance, are you on East Coast or West Coast? Uh, East Coast. I'm out in Maryland. Coast. Yeah. Okay. okay, awesome. And um, before we get into the, the topic, I do have to tell you that based upon one of the uh, podcasts that we did, I don't know, a year ago, maybe with you, uh, I switched over okay. and I'm doing weekly billing. Nice. So uh, it is a lot easier to catch up with those people that miss one week. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then not to mention, obviously, what is it? The, is it 2.4 that you're getting more? Uh, 4.3. 4.3. Yeah. Okay. So basically every month has uh, 0.3 extra billing cycles in it. Yeah. So That's amazing. Uh, love it. Love so it. why don't you, I mean, for maybe some of our listeners haven't heard that. So I know we have an, another topic or two that we want to cover with you, but can you just quickly for the listeners go over that just so they understand? Cause it might yeah, be totally far. Absolutely. Them. absolutely. And that's actually one of the uh, kind of profit killers that I talk about um, that I was planning on talking about today. Good. Um, but uh, to keep it really simple is, um, you know, I told the story before on here about how like we came up, upon it with my grandfather or whatever, doing, doing weekly billing for, uh, for his rental houses. But, um, to keep it real simple is there's, uh, you know, in reality, instead of having 12 months in the year, when you, when you add up all the weeks, 52 weeks, you actually get one extra month per year that you are, um, you know, that you're actually billing for, or that you are, uh, actually paying for typically. Right. Um, so, so the benefits to those weekly billings is, that you pick up that extra month of revenue. So, you know, your a lot of your bills, whether it be rent, um, utilities, typically payroll is going to be one of your bigger expenses. Those are done by the class or by the hour. So, you know, those, those bills we're paying one extra month per year. And typically what happens is we're going in our pocket, taking profit that we would have made and we're paying that, uh, that extra month out of that profit. So, um, a, a simple calculation for this, and, and I don't know exactly where your, your clients are or your people on their podcast, but just say, you know, using numbers, uh, $10,000 a month revenue. Uh, if you were doing $10,000 a month over that 12 months, you know, you'd, you'd make $120,000. Um, and just say your expenses out of that $10,000 was about $7,500. Um, that's going to put you at about $97,000 a year in expenses, $120,000 in, in revenue. Um, so you're around $22,000 in profit at the end of that year. Just by making that one simple switch to weekly, now what happens is, is you generate an extra $10,000. Um, so now you're making $130,000, say, per year uh, in revenue. Your expenses will stay the same. So you're still at that $97,000 in, in expenses. But now you bring home, instead of $22,000, you're bringing home $32,000 and change. Um, so that one thing can can increase your profit on this example, 45%. That's amazing. I, and and it sounds like a lot of work to me, though, like to do it on a weekly basis. But I know Dwayne did it and it really isn't right. And you were saying it's not. But it just sounds like, OK, now everyone's billing every week. I got to check their balances every week versus every month. And uh, but actually in, in our Spark software, it automatically when they're yeah. delinquent, it lets them know and so on. So it's not that big of a deal, I guess. 
and like, you know, obviously if you were, you know, maybe using some other kind of billing system where you're manually putting it in every week, right. Like that would, that would maybe be a big lift, but uh, you know, typically we have automated software. So the, the softwares are doing that automatically. Um, re, you know, the reports can run pretty much automatically. Um, you know, so really what we do is just every Friday, we look in the system, we see who's missed, we give them a call or send them a text. Uh, and, and typically it's like, oh, my, you know, my card went bad or it expired and they, you get them right back on there. And yeah, our software automatically tracks that. So we yep. wouldn't even really have to touch it. Now, do you find though that there is that, you know, what is the perception that people have with the, you know, either against or for the weekly billing? Is it more easy? Is it easier for the clients? I mean, typically it is, um, you know, cause most people are getting paid like either weekly if they're like in construction or something like that or by, by, uh, bi-weekly. So every two weeks. So okay. really all we're doing is setting those things up to kind of follow that system. Right. Um, usually we do everybody weekly. You can do the same thing either every two weeks or even every 28 days. If you wanted to stay on a monthly kind of cycle, right. Uh, just one month, they'll be charged basically two times in that month, but you could do either way. Uh, I like, I prefer weekly just because again, it's, you know, for us, uh, we're, we typically charge about $59 a week. If they came through like our, one of our kind of programs, our six week program, uh, it typically is going to drop it down to 49 a week. Um, so, you know, the idea of like, Hey, it's 49 a week or it's $210 a month. 49 just sounds way better. Uh, well, that, so, and, uh, uh, I think, I think it is an easier sell, but it also kind of lets you know if somebody goes, well, you know, $39 a week, it's easier for me to do, you know, uh, once a month, you know, to me, that tells me they don't know how to budget their money. Yeah. That they can't have $39 <laughs> a week or $59 a week or $49 a week in their, in their account. Right. Yep. Yeah. And if you, you know, depending on your sales process and stuff like that, some of the times during our sales process, we, we actually figure out what their bad habits are. So like, are they spending money on fast food? Are they spending money on beer, cigarettes, wine, like whatever? How much is that? And then, man, you just don't go to Starbucks. You know, you want to you you want forty nine dollars a week. That's you know three trips to Starbucks for some people. Um, yeah. So you know, fast food, all of these kind of things. And typically, we're saying like, you know, you're going to be a healthier person here. You're going to start having better eating habits. You're not going to want to go to fast food because we're going to teach you how to meal prep. We're going to teach you how to set yeah. up your meals properly. So, you know, depending if the money is a problem, which typically it's not, um, but if it was, then it's, you know, you just address that issue. Yeah, that's great, though. I, I think I'm almost sold on this. So I'm, I'm going to probably <laughs> follow, follow your guys lead on that. I haven't I've been dragging my feet and haven't done it, but I might do the next five clients and see what they say. And I was, see how it goes. I was a little scared and I don't know why I was scared, but I was a little scared. I mean, when you've been doing something for so many years and quote unquote, the industry does it yeah. that way, um, it is a little scary. But I came to the conclusion personally that um, I, I like the percentage of making more money uh, by the end of the year. I, I liked that it was a lot easier to follow up on those individuals and that it was a smaller price point to get them enrolled in the beginning anyways, because them coming up with, you know, uh, an exorbitant amount of money in the beginning to do their first month and their down payment and all that other, it just lowered the bar in my yep. opinion, even though in the end I'm making more money. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that interesting though? I mean, you think about this, like, you know, I, I think like these technologies, right? Like this little thing, could just at the snap of a finger, that one decision could make you an extra 10, 20,000 or more, depending on the size of your school. Right. Um, and it's really not like a money grab. It's not something that you're, you know, that is some scam or gimmick. It's just simply saying, hey, pay weekly that, you yeah. know, versus monthly. And people are probably better off with that because it is a lower fee, you know, and that way you could get people in. And I guess somebody who's struggling to pay tuition they see it as a smaller point of entry as well. And then they weekly just come up with that. You know, and the other thing too, real quickly was I was just reminded about, you know, Dan Kennedy and what he always said is, you know, whatever everybody's doing in your industry, do the exact opposite. Yeah. And I was like, duh. So that's what, that's what put me over the edge uh, with it. I was like, okay, Dan Kennedy said to do it. I mean, not this specifically, <laughs> but really in a roundabout way, he said to do it. 
Yeah. So how, how long did it take you, Dwayne, to transfer people? Because you have like 270 something. I just did the new people. Everybody else stays where they're at. They'll eventually in five years be done, you know, and then everybody else by that time will be weekly. So all the new people that sign up and renewals and things like that, that are renewing our memberships, you just switch them over to weekly billing. Yeah. And then the other thing I thought of too, and I, and Lance, I don't even know if you, uh, what, how, what, where your, your, what, what your belief is on this, but obviously, you know, this was big in the industry at the time where, you know, you do the paid in fulls, paid in fulls, all those other things. Well, I don't even feel like I have to do the paid in fulls because I'm already making uh, yeah. more money and I'm not borrowing from the future to hope that right. uh, they're going to stay. Yeah. yeah. And I do like paying fulls. Like I think you can, you can generate a lot of revenue. The problem with paying fulls typically that I see is people don't have a good acquisition process. Right. So they cannibalize their recurring revenue. Right. So if you have a good acquisition process and you know, like, Hey, for the last, you know, 10 months, 12 months, 24 months, I've gotten 30 new students a month on average. I can take three, four or five of them and, and do a pay in full. And it doesn't affect anything because I know I can replace them, you know, the next time. Yeah. I've always done in my school back when I did pay in fulls a five to one ratio. Like if last yeah. month I signed up five people, I could cash out and do a pay in full on one this month, 10 and two this month, just so that I never went down in monthly billing revenue. So if people are listening, just be careful. Like Lance said, uh, I know people have paid and fold themselves out of business that they yep. just took the money and they're like, Hey, I'll buy that car or pay for that advertising campaign. Now they have nothing yeah. and their income is dropped because whatever they chose to do didn't work or it was too costly to them. Yeah. So that's interesting though. I appreciate this knowledge because I think that a lot of listeners, it's just a simple bump. And uh, it's almost like something that's a hidden gem where people, it doesn't take much effort. It's not yeah. a, you know, it's not a new fan, fan dangled kind of, <laughs> right? Like it's nothing fancy. It's just, okay, let's switch to a weekly revenue model. That's great. I think simple is usually the best. So yeah. yeah. Um, now I, we, I jumped right into this, but you want to yeah. set up the topic uh, that we're, we're talking to Lance today, uh, Ali? We already did, right? We jumped right yeah. in, kind of just like right off the bat. We were a little late, and we will release this release this later on Facebook. So apologies to the people for whatever our um, social media mishap is with uh, with our. Most of our listeners are through the podcast, anyway. So yeah, exactly. But we do. I mean, we're live on YouTube now and have a bunch of listeners there, so that's cool. But what, right now, so we wanted to talk about the topic. Basically, was profit killers, right? So, yeah. are there any other things that you think about that you know a school owner? mistakes that they possibly make that will hurt their business or kill their profitability? I think so. So I kind of put together uh, four that I think are, are probably the biggest ones that I see most of the time. Right. Um, so I kind of put, put four of those together. We kind of hit on one already and that was that monthly versus weekly billing. Right. Um, I think that's a big profit killer and we can dig more into that if we want to, or we can kind of move on to some of the other ones. Yeah. So are, do you find, though, that, you know, and it's as a coach and a consultant in the industry, it's almost like you, you see the same thing over and over and over again, right? And the same mistakes being made and the same beliefs that people have, like, oh, I, that doesn't work in my area or I yeah. could never do that in my school. So do you find, like, is there one or two things that you would tell an owner that maybe has that mindset, like how to break out of that type of mentality? Um, yeah, you know, so... The mindset is always a big thing, especially, um, you know, really in anything you do in your life, whether it's, you know, trying to achieve a goal, whether it's running a business, even in martial arts, like if you're trying to do a competition or something, you know, we're always like, oh, like, am I going to lose? Am I going to look silly? Like, you know, it's always a mindset issue that really is going to take you to that next level. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that that uh, that I kind of talk about or preach about in a way, I guess, is what I call like the breadcrumb fallacy. So the idea of that is like, um, you know, just think about bread, right? Like when we, and especially say a business owner, when we open up a business and say, we're the only jujitsu school around, or we're the only martial arts school around, like we got, we, we kind of say like, we got the whole loaf of bread, right? Like everybody has to come to us if they want that. But then like somebody else opens up and it's like, oh man, they took half my loaf of bread. And then, right. you know, two more, three more, five more open up. And now we're down, like, we're thinking that, man, I only have the crumbs left. Like everybody's getting everybody and I only right. have the crumbs. And in reality, there's so much people, there's so much abundance, there's so much yeah. money out there that like you only need a very small slice of the, that bread or, or crumb yeah. of that bread to actually get results. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. If you no, 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 I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. So um, what I look at is 
I look at the whole market, right? And just say for gyms, uh, martial arts schools, gymnastics, like whatever, there's thousands and thousands of people in any market that are pretty right. much joining a program every month. Right. And, you know, some of them are coming through SEO. Some of them are coming through Google, my business, some are Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, yeah. like referrals, uh, direct mail. I mean, there's like, you know, 50 different ways that people yeah. are coming into your facility, walk yeah. by traffic. And so in reality, we need to be good at one of those and we need to get 30 to 50 students out of that thousand every month. Right. So if we can dominate kind of one platform or one thing, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. Yeah. But in reality, they're not dominating any of those. They're not good at any of those. Yeah. And then they won't get good results. So it's like, if, if it's me, I'm going to say, let's focus on one thing. I'm going to figure it out, whether I get a coach, whether I pay for a program, whether I just Google search it and, and YouTube video it, I'm going to try to figure out one platform and I'm just going to try to dominate that one platform. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's the, one of the biggest problems is just that abundance versus kind of growth mindset, you know, that there isn't enough out there for everybody. That, well, that, that literally is our society, right? Like, yep. you know, right. Like we, we're always starving for what we don't have when the reality is if, if the world worked the way, the right way, everyone would have everything everywhere. Right. It is yep. no real scarcity. <laughs> I mean, there's so much abundance out there. Um, you know, I find that interesting. Like just in my, I just Googled my township and my exact town that my school is in, there's like 6,221 households Yeah. just in my town. And then it's bordered like literally within a quarter mile of like I'm East Islip, then I have Islip, Islip Terrace. So there's like this whole entire central Islip around me. So I think I'm about like 30 to 30,000 households. Like, so there's enough room for a hundred schools to have, yeah. you know, people. And we you know we're not going to have everyone training in the martial arts, but if I do my job right, I'm going to reach out to that segment of my population to be able to get students. So you're right. 100%. Well, yeah. and it, it reminds me you, you, you of, uh, you know, like what Grant Cardone says, you know, there's uh, there's no lack of money. Right. You know, although I, I can't do his raspy voice. No, yeah. no, no lack of money. Whatever he does, you know, but yeah, there isn't. And it is a mindset. And I can I can go back personally and in, in, in my um, journey, if you will, through entrepreneurship. Uh, there, there were times that, you know, it really took a mental shift. Cause I like, I even, again, there was, there was times that I dove into Dan Kennedy and, you know, one of the things that he talked about was that basically I needed to, um, you know, look in the mirror and go, uh, yes, Mrs. Jones, it's one sixty nine a month. Right. <laughs> and just be, and say that with a straight face and then yeah. learn how to not justify it. Right. Just say it, you know, but that yeah. took a lot of courage for me to do that. In fact, um, and this is, this is part of the topic. I think even if I get to that portion where, you know, I'm like, uh, believing in, you know, charging those prices. If you have a spouse that, you know, cause there was a time that my wife was like, I can't believe you're charging those prices. She goes, I'm embarrassed yeah. uh, to tell people when they ask me, I said, just tell them you don't know, let them talk to me. Yeah. yeah. I go, but you're not embarrassed to spend the money. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's all about relevance, isn't it? Like, you know, we will spend like, you know, I'm, I'm really frugal when it comes to my wife and daughter, they love to buy clothes and always like, there's a new package on my doorstep. Right. <laughs> but I'm kind of like, I bust their chops, but then I'm like, Oh, I just did the grand Cordon real estate thing it was 500 bucks for, you know, online. I'm like, wow, I find a value in that. And I'm like, well, they find a value in what they want. Right. So I yep. think that we tend to, and a lot of school owners make this mistake. We tend to try to spend the people's money or look at what they're willing to spend it from our perspective. Right. Yep. Meanwhile, they might be, you have no idea. Maybe they're multimillionaires, right? Maybe they have a trust fund that's worth millions. Right. Yep. So I, I think that we should be really careful with shooting ourselves in the foot when it comes to that. I think that a lot of us hurt ourselves by trying to guess whether we're we're worth it we're way worth i mean geez we're worth way more than what we could ever charge well don't you think that your business your business never outgrows you so if you don't decide to grow um your yep. business cannot grow and 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 i just mean like growth in so many different areas so growth right. in mindset growth in skill growth <laughs> in management growth in you know leadership yep. your school will not outgrow you and in fact 
if you don't continue to grow, some of the people that you're raising up will outgrow you and leave. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you will basically be the bottleneck of your business. Right. You will 100% be the bottleneck of the business. Yeah. So like you said, if you don't grow, if you don't continue to learn, if you don't continue to, to uh, reach higher kind of expectations for yourself, then your business will never grow beyond that. Yeah, that's interesting, right? That's so like, what, what, I was going to say, what's another one? Yeah, I was going to say, well, he has the next thing he wanted, which kind of almost segues right in, is the, th the three ways to grow a business, right? That's really another... It's on topic. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of on topic. I mean, I guess profit-wise, one of the one of the other ones I would I would kind of look at is just the unlimited model versus like a two-day or three-day a week kind of program. Right. And like you know, forever it's been hey, unlimited classes, uh, and a lot of it was again that mindset of of scarcity, right? Like I have to, th you know, I think I'm giving them more because I'm saying hey, you get unlimited classes. Right. When we're in reality, like unlimited anything is typically cheap, like Netflix, nine, you know, 19 bucks or yeah. I don't know how much Netflix, yeah, yeah. Is, but uh, unlimited movies, whatever for, for, you know, a cheap price. You right. look at like, uh, you're in New York, Peter Luger, like yeah. you go to Peter Luger's, it's, yeah. you know, $150 for a steak and you just get the steak. And then if you want mashed potatoes or broccoli, yeah. you're paying extra for all of these things. Right. But you go to Golden Corral, like a buffet, and you're paying $9 and you can have as much steak, as much ice cream. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it's like the, the idea of unlimited is really a commodity. And, and we want to get away. We want our schools to get away from being a commodity. Mm -hmm. We want to be, you know, a one-off. We want to be a program or a product that, that is not a commoditized product. Right. Um, so kind of the ways that you want to do that is really selling, say, a two-day-a-week membership or a three-day-a-week membership. You can still charge the same amount of money. Um, it also will allow you like kind of going back to the profit thing. The problem that I see, in, you know, like I talk to hundreds of school owners a month and what happens almost every time is, hey, my school's at capacity, but I'm not making any money. Right. What I need to do is I need to get a bigger space. Right. So then they go out, they get a bigger space, they get more expenses, more classes, and then they fill it up again because their price point's wrong. And they're still not making any profit. So it's, right. it's the cycle that keeps going. I need a bigger space. I need a bigger space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And reality is like, if you do a two-day-a-week membership or a three-day-a-week membership, you can double the capacity of your facility uh, and make twice as much money off of a small facility. So, uh, you know, hey, Monday, you you get to pick. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Which one Which one works for your schedule? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always I always tell school owners, and I have a school owner that I'm coaching right now that has a two-day-a-week program and a three-day-a-week program, but he doesn't track his attendance, so he doesn't know whether they're all coming three days a week. So I said, so by having those two options really doesn't help you. Yeah. But I remember I had in my school when I was crowded in one particular class, I did an A-B schedule. Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday was a makeup, and Saturday was a makeup by appointment only. So I was able to take that time slot and literally double the capacity because I was limiting who could come to that particular time slot on yep. certain days. So everyone wants to show up on a Friday. You can't, you know, you have to be either an A or a B and you make that choice. And then we had the makeup. So that's, that's genius for, for what you're saying is just very, very important for everyone to listen to. They're not going to be at capacity and they don't have to, that typical old school model, bigger is better. When yeah. I get more, bigger is better. And then they're, they're always making about the same profit level, yeah. right? Even with the new 200 students, because they yeah. had to buy the new facility, get more instructors, add more classes. It's just a vicious cycle. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so that that's kind of one that I, that I always kind of recommend, especially if someone's coming in new or brand new school that they're trying to open up, always recommend two day or three day a week schedule. Now, do you uh, track? Limited. Do you track those people's attendance so it'll flag them if they did come in three days and then you set them down yeah. and say, hey, it looks like we you use, come. We use Zen Planner and everybody gets checked in. So we have a front desk. We have two iPads there. They check in themselves. And then we have an iPad at each. We have two different mat areas. Each mat location has one. And the coach will check and just make sure everybody's checked into the to the system. And, and if that they, way, if, if their flag, if a flag comes up, it's going to say like, hey, they didn't pay or they need a contract signed or you know some kind of flag may pop up. And then obviously we don't say anything to them in class, pull them aside afterwards and, and you just address whatever the issue may be. Great. And that's you a good, it's you a give good them a pink and they got to go to the office. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, and that's a good way to upgrade because people may yep. be like, wow, yeah, I do want to come three days a week. My schedule opened up. Okay. Let's get you into the next program. Yeah, right and, and the other thing is like you make that unlimited membership, something special. So 
uh, hey, only people that do a lifetime membership for 12,000 bucks get access unlimited per week or whatever, per month. Right. So now like the, the real kind of benefit to that unlimited program, you put a big price tag on it. Are you still doing those? Are you doing lifetime memberships in your school? Yeah, we do. We do like, we call it a lifetime, but it's like a five-year kind of thing. Um, and then you just have to do like a, a $1 after that uh, yeah. per year to keep it active. I years ago used to do a black belt membership up until black belt, right? And it was like whatever, five grand, six grand in cash up front or whatever it was at the time. And I would have people bring in envelopes of cash. And then, you know, <laughs> sometimes it benefited me because the kid was really good and got to their black belt quick. And then they started paying again. But other times it took them seven, eight years and they got tuition for a very small amount of money. But that influx of cash coming in was a big help to me to develop my school and buy my building and all that other stuff. And, and really knowing your, your KPIs, like your, your data is really important because if you can see on average, you know, so the industry average is about 10 months for a martial arts student. Yeah. Um, if you can see on average, just say using that average, hey, I'm a 10 month uh, uh, life, uh, average uh, lifetime value of a, of a person or, or uh, time frame. Okay. Uh, and, and just say my, my thing is a hundred bucks. So I'm, my lifetime value is a thousand dollars for a member. Uh, and those aren't my numbers. I'm just kind of giving you easy numbers to kind of do. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is like, if I can get 1200 for a pay in full for a year, I'm making that extra two months, which would be 12 months. You know, so I'm raising it from 10 to 12 and I'm getting the extra $200 on the average student. Like it may not, you know, that person may stay longer than that. May They may quit sooner. But the idea is like what that does is it instantly increases that lifetime value and it increases my retention. So um, knowing those data points is important. So again, if I know that my lifetime value is say 5,000 for a person and I can get 12,000 for a lifetime membership, man, I'll do that all day. Yep. So do you, um, you know, speaking of that too, though, do you think the industry based on your industry and you're mainly with BJJ schools, jujitsu schools that you're working with, you do everybody? We do everybody. Like I'm, I'm a jujitsu school, but we do jujitsu Muay Thai. We have karate. Okay. We have Maga. Like, so you, do you feel the average is now 10 months, the average student based on your research? Cause I still think it's 14 to 16. That was what I think we it is. I think it is around 10 months. Um, so again, this is like another one of these kind of things that I like to talk about. Um, we call it tree line, but basically just think about, again, an average school that has a uh, hundred students. Um, and they're like, man, I've been at a hundred students for the last six months. Right. Um, but I have great retention. No, you don't like your right. retention sucks. You just don't track it. And nobody right. knows their retention because they don't track it. Right. So again, but they're like, Hey, I get 10 new people a month, but I'm stuck at a hundred. The reason that you're stuck at a hundred is because you're losing 10 people a month. So your, right. your churn rate or fallout is 10%. Yeah. So like, again, tracking these numbers and knowing this data now, like the only way that I can grow is I either have to get more than 10 people to come into my school, or I have to get those 10 people that are leaving to go to five. Right. And now my school will grow again, but like not tracking that data and not knowing it's really hard to, to know. That's but a, that's a hard one to get school owners to do. Like I, you know, like, I don't know if it's that I call it the ostrich syndrome. That's <laughs> like where they stick their head in the sand, hoping that when they lift it out, they're going to, things are going to change. Yep. Like they don't want to know their numbers. And like I said, I tell my clients, if we could just tweak your retention by yep. 30% in a positive direction, imagine year end, what that would look like as far as your numbers go. And, and everyone thinks that, you and you talk to them. I'm sure you get this. My my retention's through the roof. Like everybody's I, retention's I, perfect. Exactly. No one <laughs> no one's quitting. But then yeah. I always would say this even at the super show. I'd be there and I go like, how many people do you get a month? Well, how many students did you have when you started? How come if you're getting 20 people a month, you're not adding on 240 a year? Yep. And your numbers aren't up. It's just a very elusive thing for people. They don't like to admit to it. Well, and it's you know, truthfully, it's not sexy. Like yeah, like keeping people is not sexy. Like. I got 25 new, 40 new students. Yeah. Like that's the sexy thing to say, but like, Oh, I kept hundred percent of my people. doesn't really, it's not a sexy thing yeah. to talk about. For Dwayne and I, it is. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're, we're like martial art nerds when it comes to numbers like that. We, we love numbers. Like, and we try to get our listeners to, to love them as much. And, and we say that all the time. It, it might not be so sexy, but you know, yeah. it's something that's so important. Right. And it's like, or else you just kind of in that hamster wheel day in and day out, repeating the same prob process and mistakes over and over again. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's a numbers thing, right? So like at 50 students, 
it might not be a big deal. At 100, maybe it's not even a big deal. But as you get to, you know, 600, 500 students, like now if you have 10%, you're losing 50, 60 people a month. Yeah. Like that's a big deal. And that's yeah. where you're going to figure it out. So like using these retention strategies early and figuring them out and putting systems and processes in place, like, hey, you get a handwritten card, you know, once you sign up, you get a, a you know, we do member events. We do an exit interview that we can try to resell them back into the program. So right. all of these strategies, if you start dialing them in when you have 30 students, when you have 50 students, you get to 150, you get to 200. They're already dialed in. Their systems are already in place and, and running and, and your, your program's running a lot smoother. I love that. That's great. So we also had, you know, speaking of that, we had other strategies. So you had the first one we did, which we covered, which was uh, basically, um, profit killers. Then we had three ways to grow the business. So um, one of them, financially growth was weekly billing was one great idea, but do you have any others or? Any um, yeah. So, well, really in, when it comes to um, the, the kind of, I call them the three mo's, um, mo money, mo time and mo people. So right. um, the idea of this is like, there's only, th those are the only three ways that you can grow your business. You either have to get people to spend more money. You have to get them to stay longer or you have to get, more people to come in the door. So again, it's kind of like that retention issue. That's, that's going to be, they, they're staying longer with your program. Um, obviously more people, that's what everybody focuses on. That's just getting more people in the door, signing them up. Um, and really the other one is kind of getting them to spend more money with you. Um, and that actually goes into, under one of the profit killers also is the idea of like um, a lot of people will set up a program based on, Hey, uh, it's $159 a month, but that's one program. But if you want to do two programs, it's 179 a month. So they, they tack on just a little bonus. Um, and they, and they're like, Oh, but I want everybody to do two programs a month. Right. In reality, you could just make it 199 or, you know, 200 bucks a month for, uh, you know, whatever classes that you want. And if you're going to have an add on, the add on needs to be substantial. Right. So for us, um, you know, when you think about it and, and, and jujitsu is a big kind of like private lesson thing. Like a lot of people will do private lessons. I'm sure in, in most martial arts, they're doing some kind of private lesson mm -hmm. or like test prep or something like that. And so I try to get people actually not to teach private lessons. And I think it's a waste of time and money. Um, I like to do what we call like semi-privates. So instead of say like for jujitsu, typically it's going to be hundred to $150 an hour for a, a private lesson. So what I, what I teach people to do is not do that, right? Because I can make more money selling a membership. I can make more money teaching uh, a group of four people, um, you know, a semi-private. I can charge them pretty much the same amount, 400 bucks for, you know, each individual 100. Um, and in jujitsu, like you're out there typically like rolling and training with the people. So you're getting beat up. And if you're doing four or five, six of these a week, you know, you're, you're taking, it's taking a toll on your body. So you right. get a group of four. I don't have to train with anybody. I can teach and I make more money. So yeah. having add-ons that, that makes sense. Right. So just like Dwayne's health coaching kind of stuff, what we do is we do a, a bolt on kind of health coaching idea. Our normal membership says that $49 price point. So to get health coaching, it's going to be either, you know, if it's just kind of like, uh, overarching health coaching, we add another $49 a week membership. So we go from a $200 membership to a $400 a month membership. Um, if it's more private training or, or really kind of like one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching, then that will go up to about a hundred dollars a week. So now we've gone from, you know, 49 a week to 149 a week, mm. but having you, everybody has what we call like a whale, right? Like you have people you know, we have people that have paid $12,000 for a lifetime membership. They do three privates a week. They buy everything that we offer as clothing or tickets yeah. or whatever. These people just don't mind spending thousands of dollars a month on martial arts. Um, so you want to have a program that they can buy. Um, you know, the people that want to spend an extra 20 bucks, just offer them a t-shirt. They'll, you know, they'll buy something. Yeah. Um, you want to, you want to have a program that's 200. Then you want to have a program that's 500. Then you want to have a program that's a thousand dollars a month. Right. Um, and each one of these kind of upsells is going to be a different tier of person that wants to spend that kind of money in the martial arts. Right. Typically what it is, it's like, it's $150 membership and you can add another 20 bucks if you want unlimited classes or if you want, you know, two locations or whatever it might be. Right. Um, so 
having those upsells that actually are substantial that actually make a difference in your business. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wonder, I'm thinking, trying to think, uh, play devil's advocate and think of the questions. Dwayne, what do you think some people might be thinking, school owners hearing this? Because it's like sometimes way well, out of their mentality. So do you have- well, I think the, just the price points that you brought up are way, way, way over, uh, you know, a lot of the conventional thinking uh, of martial arts. And so that's where I, I, I guess I fall back to what I said before. You really have to believe in yourself and what you're producing in it. And obviously if you're not producing something that is well and above that price point, you probably shouldn't be uh, charging right. it. So you got to make sure that you're, you, you got a quality product that's actually delivering over that amount of money. Well, and it's, it also goes back to solving a problem for somebody. And that's kind of like you, you have to be able to sell stuff in a way. Um, because health coaching is a perfect example. Like, Hey, they're, they're learning martial arts, but they're still heavy. Like, okay, well let's, let's start focusing a little bit on that diet. Like you're still going to be paying for martial arts. You're still doing that, but now we're going to give you a diet plan. We're going to give you a nutrition plan. We're give you a recipe book. We're going to teach you how to cook this stuff. Um, and this stuff can all be automated. Like it doesn't have to be, um, you know, you actually writing stuff down or whatever, like this can all be automated. Um, and then now it's like, you're solving another problem. Like if you think about, you know, I like the private lesson thing because most academies, their owners aren't making a lot of profit. So what they're doing is they're subsidizing their profit or their payroll or their cash in pocket by yeah. private lessons. Yeah. Right. So like I used to play a lot of poker and I would talk to these guys and they're like, Oh, I'm a professional poker player. I'm like, I'm like, are you like, I see you dealing like five days a week at these different uh, events. Like this was kind of before casinos were everywhere. <clears throat> and I would see them and we'd be at home games and they'd be there dealing. And I'm like, if you're a professional poker player, why are you dealing? Because that's how I make my money also. Like, oh, well, if you're a professional poker player, you make your money playing poker, right? right you don't right. make money dealing. And it's the same thing with like a business owner. Like, oh, I'm a professional martial art owner, school owner, but I have to do private lessons on the side to make enough money to live. Right. You're not really a business owner. You're a teacher still. Yeah. Um, so what I look at is like, if you have people that are spending, just say their, their normal membership is $150 and they're coming in, they're spending a hundred dollars a month or a week on privates. Like that is a really, that's a, you know, when 150 plus another 400, that's a $550 membership that they're paying or that they're willing to pay. Yeah. If you can figure out what that problem is that they're trying to solve. Yeah. Right? So, like the people are in their schools, they're just not willing to kind of go in front of them and ask them, well, hey, what do you want? Like, I'll, I'll design a program for you. Yeah, I think that's the biggest fear from school owners. Like I, I, I find like, especially the school owners that are starting off, they're caught in this mindset. Like, oh, I don't want to sound like a money grab. I don't want to upsell. I hate to sell. I hate to, you know, I don't want to look bad. And, and meanwhile, that's their own personal thing, right? That's not yeah. really, it's not really the truth. Maybe somebody out there might say that that's what it is. But I mean, overall, if you're giving them something for the value and they're, and you're changing their lives, I mean, people will do anything. Dwayne, what do you do? Like in your health coaching, when people are like, wow, that's too expensive. <clears throat> you know, I mean, that, cause I'm sure a lot of people, I, I know I recommended someone to you and they were like, wow, I just can't afford to be, I'm like, you can't afford not to do it. Cause you're not going to be healthy. You're overweight. <laughs> you're sick, You're going to die. Like, you yeah. know, how do you, well, I mean, you turn the question back on them. I mean, you just ask the question back to them. You, you, so they say it's, you know, well, that's, that's quite expensive. I mean, you say that's quite expensive. Yeah. And I let them have to justify why they're saying it's expensive, but Prior to that, I mean, I've already talked to them about, um, you know, how much they're spending on groceries, how much how much they're eating out, uh, their Starbucks runs, their Dunkin' Donut hits. And so I actually already have the majority of that information before that even becomes an obstacle. Right. So, and, and I think in sales in general, if you can if you can figure out the pain point, if you can kind of like, you know, talk the pain point and get them to realize that they can't do it without you. Like, you know, in, in health coaching is like a, a great example because typically there's going to be three things that they can't do, like, or that they, that they've failed in the past. Like they either don't know what to do when it comes to like working out, they don't know what to eat, when to eat and how to eat it. Um, or they can't keep their self accountable or, um, on mission. Right. So yeah. it's like, you ask them and then they're going to tell you which one of those problems typically they have. Or all. 
Yeah, and typically it's going to be one of the three or all three. And then you just say like, oh, well, like I can solve all those for you. Um, and this is how we're going to do it. Does that sound good? Um, and then when it goes, to, like one thing that I like to do uh, when, it, when it comes to like, you know, if they say like, well, that's expensive. Like I don't, I don't answer a question. I don't answer unless they ask a question. So like a lot of times somebody will say, oh, that's expensive. And then they, they start thinking about it and they're like, well, like, you know, I could probably move this around or they'll, they'll literally talk themselves into the thing that they want because them saying that this is, this is expensive is really not a question. If they were to say something to the point of like, oh, uh, is there other ways to pay for that? Like you said, it's, you know, five grand. Like, is there a different way that I could pay for that? Like, that's a question. Oh yeah, we can split it up into two payments. We can do a weekly payment. Like now I can answer a question that they have. But right. most of the time, if somebody wants to do it, if you've sold them on the idea and they feel like they can get the result or the status that they're looking for, they'll talk themselves into it. Right. And I can't tell you how many times that, you know, uh, I've had people come back. Like I've got a lady who's on program. She's, she's down 49 pounds already, uh, since the, since the beginning of the year. And, uh, she, I talked to her maybe almost a maybe nine months to a year ago. And then she went to the doctor at the end of the year. And the doctor said, uh, you need to lose 45 pounds now. <laughs> Money wasn't an obstacle at that point. Yep. You know, and, and now she's like, man, I should have done this back when I originally talked to you. So <laughs> I mean, I can't tell how many times I've had people come back and, and now that they're feeling even more miserable, uh, they, they found the money. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, we all know that people have things that they prioritize over what you're telling them that they, your cost of your program is like everyone's got an iPhone or an Android and everyone's wearing nice sneakers. Every household, even the most um, the, the most households that are in a depressed area have big screen TVs in every room. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, it really is a matter of priority. I've had a few people just recently say, oh, I can't afford it. And I said, I don't think I did my job at explaining how beneficial we are. And like, oh, we just don't have the money. And I'm like, well, we have to find a way. And I gave him a whole bunch of suggestions. One of them came in and said, wow, I used your suggestion, which was ask the grandparents if they wanted to chip in because a single mom on her own. And um, the grandparents said, you know what? We'll pay for the tuition for you. And she's like, I never even thought of asking them. So just by giving people options at yeah. times, um, you know, changes their whole entire yes or no. Well, look, I mean, we're all in sales, whether we want to believe it or not, we're in sales. And closing the sales, right? Closing the sale. One of the meanings of close basically is to bring two things together. And so that's exactly what you did is you gave them options to help them bring those two things together. Right. Yeah. yeah just love that. That bridging that gap for sure. So we're running close on time because we're going to, we started late, but maybe if you don't mind, we'll stay for like another, is it okay with you guys? Another five yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yep. Um, so, so you also had, we talked about that with, it was like, why, you know, three ways to grow your business. But the last thing that we wrote about was like, why do schools plateau? Like, why do you find in general people get where they are and then they can't grow beyond where they are? And you mentioned that was my, one was mindset. One was mindset. And I, uh, also I think tracking those numbers is important. Like we talked about knowing your, your people that are coming in, knowing the people that are going out, typically that's kind of that that effect is what happens is they get to a point where they don't have the acquisition process or they don't have the retention strategies in place. Right. So it needs to be kind of both sides of the street. And like I said, retention typically is something that's not sexy that people don't want to spend time on. They want to spend time getting new people, um, but they don't have the ability to get a lot of people. Um, so kind of figuring out uh, a strategy that's going to get a ton of people in the door um, and then uh, obviously a, uh, a sales process to go along with that. So you can actually get the sale uh, there. So kind of really focusing on those two pieces, right? One is going to be acquisition and dialing in kind of that one acquisition uh, source that you're really good at. Uh, and then you go all in on that. Um, you know, this month I spent $6,000 on, on advertising, um, you know, that's a lot of money to a lot of people. To me, that was like kind of a slower month. Like we should have probably spent more. Um, and it's the idea of like, if you have a system and a process that can get people in the door, but you can get your money back quickly, you know, we do the upfront offer for the, the 600 upfront for people. Um, so 6,000 is a lot, but I only have to sell 10 people into that program to get all of that 6,000 back. So 
having a system that I can acquire students really for free. So like talk about Dan Kennedy, like this is a Dan Kennedy thing. Like uh, the person that can spend the most money on advertising is a person that's going to win. Right. So if I can outspend all of my competition in my area, and again, like I don't do a lot of Google stuff. I don't do a lot of um, TikTok. I don't do a lot of YouTube. Like I focus hard. All of my money basically is spent on, on Facebook, Instagram, um, because I know how to do it. I'm really good at it and I can get a ton of people to opt in. From there, I can get them in the door. From there, I can close them. But uh, I just know that if I spend six thousand, I'm going to make twenty or thirty thousand in in upfront sales. Um, it's just I've been doing it for too long. I know the process and I have the system down for it. So just focusing on that one area, put all of my money into that one area. Typically, I'm I'm promoting one program, uh, and I get all the eyeballs in my area that are on Facebook looking for it. I like I literally go to like the gas station. You know, I'll go to McDonald's, like whatever. Be like, hey, aren't you that guy on Facebook all the time? Like, you know, I've you know, 15 different ads going pretty much every yeah. month. Uh, and it, it just works. Um, yeah. So having that kind of acquisition process um, and being able to kind of get enough, right? You got to get more than you're losing. Like, that's the main thing. If you can get more than you're losing, you're going to make money and you're going to, you know, you're never going to stall out on that plateau. That's great, though. That's a great answer. And it's funny for people, I think that they're penny wise dollar foolish where they're always like, hey, I don't want to you know, spend too much money. And, and I find, too, like with a lot of people advertise on Facebook, they will spend X amount of money, get X amount of students, forget that they got the students. The next month they're going to say, hey, I, I didn't get as many. And but those 10 students in perpetuity could pay for your marketing. Oh, yeah. The rest, if you think about it that way, if you just labeled their name, Facebook marketing by their name, <laughs> every month they're paying for your advertising. But yeah, they, they, you know, if you can break, and that's what I tell all my guys, like, if you're breaking even on your advertising, meaning like, hey, I spent 5,000 and I made 5,000, like, even if you just break even on that upfront money, right. you just keep spending more money right. until you don't break even. If you don't break even, then you got to go back and you figure it out. But Typically, like our guys are making anywhere from five to one to 10 to one uh, on their money, like spending on Facebook. So if you can break even or make money, you just spend more money to grow faster. Yeah, um, there, there's no there's no other thing that you, you have to think about. And that's interesting, right? Your whole concept is to accelerate the, the growth by chasing it with with finances, which most no. people don't do. No, most people will like run ads. They'll get five, 10 people, whatever it is. And then they turn their ads off. Right. And so for me, what happens is, and that's why, you know, typically people, when you see them, they, they got 20 people one month, they got five people the next, they got 15 people, they get seven. <clears throat> for me, I know that if I just keep my ads going, I'm going to get my 20, 30, whatever it is every month, like clockwork. And I don't have these ups and downs and valleys where like, oh man, I didn't get anybody this month. I got to, I got to do something different next month. Yeah. No, you just keep your ads going you get the people just constantly coming in. Yeah. If you, if you were to track any data, you look, the months you do, uh, you know, run an ad, you probably made more money that month and the next month. When you turn an ad off, you make less money that month and the month after it. I don't understand why anybody would turn it off, but that's just, you know, oh, me. It happens all the time, right? Like, the time. No, I know, but I, I guess, you know, and then maybe this is one of the, 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 the profit killers, if you will, but uh, we get complacent. And that's part of that complacency where we're like, okay, I'm satisfied right now, or I'm overwhelmed yeah. because I don't have the systems in place to handle those 20 people. And so now I've got to, you know, I got to work all these people and then I got to stop everything before I can. Yeah. Yeah. That alone is, is one of the biggest problems with training, retraining the mind is that feeling of like, oh my God, I'm doing it all. And I don't have time and energy for, for more when they just got to find a way to get that done on its own automation, whatever it may be, hire someone and then do more in the other area. Yeah. Most people are scared of operations. So, uh, you know, we, we see this, so we bring people into the program. We're like, Hey, we want to get your ads running. We want to get you going. And they're like, Oh, well, I want to make sure like I got everything printed out. I want to, you know, this, this, and this, and this. Oh, yeah. And my thing is like, no, like sales comes first. Operations will figure it out. Like you got to sell, you got to get people in the door. You got to make money. And then you have money to be able to figure out these operations, pay somebody, print stuff out, do whatever. Makes sense. It's like Michael Masterson's book, uh, Ready, Fire, Aim. Yep. You yeah. got to sell. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Well, well, I appreciate you uh, hopping on and chatting with us today. And uh, if anybody's interested in your program, how do they get a hold of you? So I actually have a, I have a free course that I'm actually giving out too that talks a lot about this stuff. There's a lot of other stuff in there, some on mindset, some on tactics, some on strategies. Um, so it's completely free. You go in. Uh, it is limited, though, so you only have a, a certain amount of time. I think it's 30 days to, to digest the information. Uh, but it's completely free course, no obligation, no nothing. Um, so if anybody wants that, it's academykings.com slash master plan. And we talk about, you know, all of this stuff, profit killers, um, you know, uh, the ways to grow your academy. Like I said, some mindset stuff, some um, uh, strategies and tactics as well. Uh, well but do, me a favor. do me a favor. Put that uh, in, in our chat, you know, you and I's okay. chat. Send yep. me all that information, whatever you want, and I'll make sure it's in the show notes as well. But I cut okay. you off continue with that yeah yeah no but uh it's basically like the exact roadmap that we use for academies so um you know the strategies the tactics everything is in there start to finish so it really works well and that's how we basically grow million dollar academies or you know fifty thousand dollar lifestyle academies that people are traveling all over right so again the website is uh academykings.com slash master plan master plan p-l-a-n yep. okay Awesome. All right, I'll, I'll drop it in the in the chat as well. Yeah, well, thanks. we appreciate it, sir. Yeah, thanks for sharing your knowledge, and uh, we're happy always to have you on, and we appreciate it. Absolutely, thank you so much. Yeah, I'll tell. We'll talk soon. We'll, we'll, right. we'll have you on again soon. Great, thank, thank you. you. All right, have a good day. There. All right, guys, uh, check out our uh, Facebook. Uh, posts go to schoolownertalk.com to get all of the past episodes, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. Get KarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. Add HealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.